welcome to another episode of Rolling Imperfection, the podcast for players and game masters to design perfect characters through imperfection. We cover all forms of game design, from interesting and engaging backstory creation to campaign and NPC development. Enjoy, remember to play what you love, and may your characters do something epic. Welcome back to Rolling Perfection, the podcast where players and GMs sort of start driven campaigns. I'm Steve. And I'm Kevin. And that was totally first take. First take, everybody. That was, was 100% first take. There were no technical difficulties at all. Yep. Absolutely not on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Alas. <laughs> all right. So today we're talking about the importance of play styles. Um, yeah, play styles are uh, how you play... Mm. <laughs> yeah so this is great this is, gonna be this is the most awkward intro we've ever done congrats it's episode 111 <laughs> i guess that's true it's about as scuff as episode one it's just a bunch of ones <laughs> we'll just we'll just you know we'll just cut out all the awkward parts and it'll just be choppy and equally awkward it'll be great ah okay i'll just mess with the noise gate and i can make that happen Nice. So today we're talking about play styles, which essentially are how each respective player plays. And the importance of examining them is kind of uh, for twofold. For a player, it can help them broaden how they interact with the RP, how they play, right? If you recognize that you favor one play style, you might like try others and see if, you know, they work out or if you realize you're a bad one you could fix it (laughs) right i also think it helps to know what your play style is because then you know like if you do want to branch outside of your your comfort zone your play style you'll have a little bit better idea of like exactly how difficult something's going to be and you may not want to do that with say like a new gm someone who's never gm'd before or has only done it like maybe once if you're dealing with an experienced GM, it'll be a little bit more, uh, like accommodating. Like they'll be able to, like, I don't know. Like I feel like an experienced GM, they'll just be able to handle, like a, a an overly enthusiastic comic relief, for instance. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you normally pay the uh the dark brooding uh assassin in the corner of the room, <laughs> the edge lord. I I just say that because uh I I I know our uh. Our usual comic relief has gone a bit rogue. I was gonna say pun intended, but oh yeah, he's not. I don't think he's not a rogue in either game. So no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it is good for the player side. It is also good for the GM side, because uh, generally the GM can recognize how players like to play and essentially can gear sessions toward players. Uh, kind of try to have something for everyone. Although battles take a long time monster so um, (laughs) yeah 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 i don't know having like an idea what your players are like in terms of their play style also will help you plan your session and make sure you have the stuff that you need to do there like if monster wasn't in i mean he's not in our star wars game and actually now i think about it's like i don't think you're as compelled to do combat in that game now i think about it like you actually skip over the battle, or are there quicker battles when there are battles? Uh, I just have than... to give uh, Trong a body count. Oh yeah, that's true. He is a murder bot. Um, true. 
So he does need to he does need to have some people to mow down now and then. But yeah, for like the most part, like you're able to like take that into consideration. It's like great, I didn't want to do combat anyway. Uh so I can I can be a little bit looser on that one. Uh just because you know what your players want to play and that you know, I don't think the rest of us like necessarily need to have combat. I think even Trong um would be okay I mean, having a more the social guy, says the guy who uh really enjoyed his sniper rifle last Star Wars game. But I mean, I bought that like Got like four sessions prior, five sessions prior, and never used it. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. And I mean, you will have some stuff like that where you know players like to use their new stuff. That's a good way to <laughs> to integrate people into a session. But yeah, uh, so what do we say? We uh, we start going through some of these where we uh, have assembled a list that is definitely non exhaustive. But kind of covers, uh, I don't know, a decent range, right? Yeah, I agree. And we're talking about mostly like the positive, like play styles, like with the exception of like two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we're not going to talk about being M. Like you, like M is a play style, unfortunately, uh, for one of our players. But I mean, <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, he's a murder hobo, but he's more than a murder hobo because he's the portray the party murder hobo. That's true. That's yeah. true. Like you betray the party type person. Like I mean that that's that is a play style, but it's not something that necessarily either helps you as a player or as or from a GM's perspective, knowing that your player. I mean, I guess it helps to know that your player is a an M. Oh, it definitely it definitely does. Yeah, but it it severely limits you too. Um. So I, I if I was the GM looking at this, actually this is a good example for it to talk about what we're here. Uh is uh use uh use your knowledge that your player is, is uh an M character and realize that they're gonna be looking to play betray the party and see if you can get their interest some other way. Like find out what their, their base playstyle aside from that is. Like M is a very like uh social and he kind of like wants to like build like either an organization, an empire, or something like that on the side. Like you might be able to like distract him a little bit easier. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, he's still gonna want to trade the party no matter what you do. But you can <laughs> yes. just try. I was about to, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, Steve. Let's. Uh, you try that. You try to placate him, please. Yeah. I'll yeah. I mean, here. I mean, I mean, you at least gotta try, right? You gotta give him the opportunity to not be that guy. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. So we're starting with um, Optimizer, which I think threads a kind of fine line between Optimizer and Power Gamer, but <laughs> that may just be my experience. I um, I definitely think Optimizers can be good. Optimizers are basically individuals who kind of really like to look at their class and like pick the the optimal way to make the class work and i differentiate them from power gamers because power gamers just like to make things broken and win whereas optimizers i do feel like a lot of time go for like more broad base able to do more stuff right i agree because like an optimizer is someone who will take like a theme and they'll try and work with that theme whereas like a power gamer is more like a munchkin they're like the people that will be like oh well i'm gonna take you know one level in these six classes and 
then I'm going to take this other class and just like max that one. And it'll create this really awesome build. And it's like, but you're like seven different things. The fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how does this theme fit together at that point? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's not bad if you kind of have like, I feel like it, it can be okay. But if you're just trying to be the one who's just going to like take all the glory, that's where it gets like bad, you know? Yeah. So no harm in doing it. Just, you know. Your optimizer will like to use their stuff, monster, um, <laughs> uh, and they will bug you about getting uh, getting items if you're stingy. So be aware, GMs. <laughs> but True. yeah, yeah, uh, I do think we need to to mention murder hobo real quick because power gamers can become murder hobos real real quick. Um, True. Murder hobos are basically you roll into town, you murder every every NPC in the in the place, take over. Um, it's not good. You're treating NPCs like they're nothing. Therefore, there is no story. It's just a video game at that point. Like a, I know there are video games with story. But it's just like Minecraft basically at that point, right? Yeah, and I know I did say earlier that we're not going to be talking much about like negative things. And while at least in the way that we play. Murder Hobo is more of a negative play style. I don't think it necessarily is in everyone's table. In some tables, they want to play it like a video game or a board game, and that's more acceptable. I mean, it's still a little bit weird that your characters be like, I don't care about these people. You know, I'm just going to kill them and feel no remorse. It's like, uh, you probably will. Or you probably should if you're playing your character as an actual realistic character. But I got the sense that our friend Kay has a little bit of a Murder hobo table. What can I say? <laughs> Uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I've, I've heard her groove talk and I'm like, I mean, I guess whatever floats your boat, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Speaking of our friend Kay, uh, the next one is, uh, the antagonizer. Now this sounds bad, <laughs> but antagonizers can be really good for, getting things going and keeping things moving. Antagonizers essentially are always interested in kind of starting conflict. Hopefully, if they're a good-ish antagonizer, they start conflict with the right NPCs and not the NPCs that are meant to be allies or the other player characters, right? And uh, all I can think about is it? M stabbing, uh, what was it, Atia? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. that's all I can think about when you say that. <laughs> Please. Yes, my party NPC who's explicitly there to help you that you have no reason to like. I mean, if you want to be suspicious, fine. But like just outright like, yeah, murder the friendly NPC. Yeah, I was just <gasps> saying like even though Rios never really trusted James, like he never like thought about like trying to step him in the back or whatever. Yeah. Um. Actually, I don't even think he ever thought about stealing from him. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, just have your character know when to pick their battles, I guess. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, like, I think it's okay to be an antagonizer. I'm, as a player, I definitely am a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more some of the later things, but I will, I will antagonize. <laughs> uh, I have been known, but uh, I do try to keep it, like, within... Re within bound i like to have reasons so yeah um which i think is a little different from my next one even though they sound the same uh which i've dubbed an instigator and i would say an antagonizer is really more about like 
poking PCs or NPCs. And an instigator is someone who likes to like search out plot hooks and like get get on, you know, latch on to them. Like, got to find that hook. Got to nom it. Right? Yeah, like uh, like Indiana Jones, instigator, uh, Han Solo, antagonizer. <laughs> I can't fault. I can't fault the comparison. <laughs> Both Harrison Excellent Ford, comparison. but <laughs> yes, one's going out to look for adventure and is really interested in the story and the history, and the other one's just like, "The fuck are you doing? Just give me my money and I'm out of here." What do you mean I'm an asshole? Of course I'm an asshole. I'm a fucking smuggler. What do you want from me, bitch? <laughs> true, very true. Uh, which is which is once again can be good, but sometimes they just they just kind of become agents of chaos where they they just. They just want to see what happens from their uh, from their shenanigans, and that's that's bad. <laughs> if you're just like, I don't know, I just want to see that that's that's not the greatest of reasons. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of uh, like we we complain a lot about M, uh, and I like to give uh, a few of the other players who I know are listeners uh, shit because uh, I'm an <laughs> asshole. But real, real. Mysterious Leaf is our is our all time worst player oh, that I've yeah. I've ever had, and he was definitely like he wasn't even a murder hobo because he wasn't that active. He was just like I don't know, I'll do stuff to like see what happens. I'll blow up that church, and we're like, what? Yeah, it was almost like he what? was trying to be like one of the later M's we'll talk about later, like the comic relief, but he was trying to make an interesting situation, but the the way he approached it was was more of just like oh you know maybe like this is something that totally wouldn't make sense for my character to do let me do it and just see what happens it'll be funny right and it's like no no it was not funny. always <laughs> yes you just want to watch the world burn terrorism, literally <laughs> terrorism very very funny oh. <laughs> you know like yeah what listen um you listen yes but yeah um don't be be a good instigator, maybe a little an, a bit antag of the antagonizer. Try not to just be the agent of chaos. You know, we don't yeah. we don't we don't need any more jokers. We already have like six, I think. Yeah, there's that many jokers. I think so. Uh, that's actually that's actually very surprising because I I didn't think that was something that DC really did. But ah, <laughs> I mean, there's technically more. I was thinking like prominent prominent ones. I mean, I guess there's only been, oh, I say only, only four live action ones. But, Still kind uh, of a lot, but yeah. <laughs> it's, oh no, it is a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh no, wait, hang on. Is my count off? No, no, I think four. Yeah, four. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of getting your counts together and uh, solving problems, problem solver. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Interested in solving mysteries or puzzles. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got someone who just wants to, like dig in and like solve that problem. And as much as I joked on our friend Kay earlier, she is actually a decent bit of a problem solver. Like she wants to solve yeah. problems. She just will occasionally, you know, is not above stabbing a bunch of innocent people to solve a problem. Occasionally. <laughs> Wouldn't it be easier if we just killed them? Well, I mean, you're not necessarily wrong, but <laughs> yeah, would your character do that? Like, oh, uh, yeah, but how are we going to do this? Or oh, here's an option. <laughs> Definitely that yeah. kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Her her 
her catboy model definitely one to just indiscriminately murder people oh man it's good times it's good times sometimes <laughs> in rp land but yeah uh which brings me to my next one which i mean i feel like a lot of people are i mean our podcast is kind of like devoted to this kind of player you know uh and that's the role player they're really interested in like embodying a character thinking like a character getting into another persona uh, I feel like most GMs at least have to be a little bit this. Uh, I guess unless they're really wargamey. Uh yeah. I mean, I feel like you you really should if if not. And I know it sounds kind of. Um, I mean, it looks a little bit different because I'm look I'm really looking at it on our document. But like when you just say like, oh yeah, there's this playstyle, the role player. It's like, <laughs> well yeah, that's what we do. It's an RPG. We play roles. I mean, come on. But no, we mean like the person that will actually like get invested in their role and actually do it in a way that like makes sense. And I don't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, like dress up or do an accent or anything like that. But like someone who like sticks to their guns with what they created in a way. Um, yeah. If, if you've ever had a realization as your character, you're a role player. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, it's something you probably knew, but like you're realizing that your character just realized it. There you go. It's good times too. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> uh, as you can tell, like, like that, that's like kind of what I do. <laughs> so, uh, though I'm not the next one and some people like really link them and I don't know that that's like correct, you know? I, I, I agree. I mean, I kind of stated that actually. <laughs> true um, our next one is is the actor and they're interested in like putting on the voice dressing up and like body language sometimes body language a lot of times and that's all good but i feel like you also need to have like the psychology too, to have like the one two punch so i feel like some people like they're like okay i got a voice and a sword <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's unfair but i've seen those people okay yeah, I've like role, I've role played with those people. Yeah, we've we've role played with people that uh are like not necessarily like actors, like actual people that like like famous people or anything like that, but like people who like either have done theater or have done some form of acting or something like that uh, as like a hobby. But like the th the distinction is that a role player is someone that gets into their role and plays their character realistically, and so that would be the person. Whereas actor would be the things you're adding on top of it. And so that's like your outfit in a way. It's like the icing on the cake. It's not substance on its own. It needs to be accompanied with the role player. And I think if you combine those two, that can be like absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, I think that's probably why um, Critical, Role Critical Role does so well. Yeah. yeah, it's because they're literally actors who are playing a role. And sometimes they bring in props and, you know, they do the voices and stuff like that. So... They can, they're able to combine those things together. So keep in mind that they are separate. <laughs> you can't just like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll act out everything and be perfect. I'll make a an accent and stuff. But you still got to, you know, like, you don't want to be the honorable monk who's just like, oh, yes, I believe that we should stab them in the back because that would be of our best interest. It's like, you're supposed to be a monk. <laughs> I mean, and I, I think it can go the other way. I think you can be a good role player without necessarily being like a great actor. Absolutely. Like I have, I've barely two voices. I'd say that's even generous. I don't know that Steve would give me two voices. 
Um, but I can go in and I can like think through how a character would think and how a character would react and why a character would react that way. That often surprises my players. And I can make enough of a distinction most of the time with how the characters do things that, and with enough description that I can get away without the voice. Plus anytime, anytime I try to do an accent with the exception of maybe specifically my voice for like my major party MPC, uh, the James voice, um, which I'm not going to do because I'm afraid right now, <laughs> but uh, like my accents slip almost immediately. I, I do them for like one section and then I like, I lose it. I don't know. I'm, I, I just don't have consistency. Yeah, I understand. Uh, like, I have a problem with, like, if I try and do, like, a Scottish accent, it'll turn into Irish and it'll turn into German. And oh, I don't yeah. know how. Traveling the globe. Yeah, it just, it just fucking migrates. Um, so I don't like Wait. doing accents or anything either. I would honestly, though, give you, like, three voices because uh, you have your your normal voice. You have the voice that you use when you're trying to have someone be more feminine or more mm -hmm. elegant. And while it's not necessarily like an accent, I would still say that it's it's distinguishable enough that when I hear it, I can tell like you're definitely doing a different person. And then you also have your snarls, which I, I would give as a whole separate voice. <laughs> <laughs> you do your, your sound effects oh, okay. pretty well. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. My my cookie monster. <laughs> your cookie monster sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd give that one a fair, fair. a fair third. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you three on that one. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's a little bit of padding there, but that's all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, continuing on, we have the explorer. Oh and... no, cartographers. No, wait. Sorry. <laughs> not always cartographers, but explorers. Uh, I would actually almost say cartographer might be like like you can be a cartographer without being an explorer, and vice versa in certain ways. True. Like, a cartographer's interest in, like, the bird's eye view and, like, getting exactly where everything is. But the explorer is interesting in, like, getting in there and, like, experiencing, like, the world, right? True, true, yeah. They want to go into the temple and read all the, the glyphs and find the secret yes. treasure and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Location, lore, character. They just, they're like, you got a world? Cool. And if you have an explorer, oh, man, you have to, like, you have to have the lore ready. Uh, I feel like I feel like if I've let if I let monster go too far, he does this sometimes where he just wants to know all the lore. So, yeah. Ah, <laughs> huh. you just made me think of something. I was like, man, like every time I'm I'm planning my Crimson Night game, I'm like trying to make sure I have the lore down in case people start asking questions. And now that I think about it, it's like I know monster can be that way sometimes. But wait, d does my Crimson Night game really have a explorer player? Like, I may not have to, like, go that deep on it that, like, I have been doing, huh? Hmm. Maybe. I, maybe. I mean, that. I mean, lore's nice to have. I, I do think, I do think you got to focus on the story first. True, true, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so the next one, and I def it's definitely, it's definitely the one for me. Because it is time <laughs> for the treasure hunter. Oh, yeah. They're just in it for the cool items. <laughs> I, I know uh, that you want to be this one, but I honestly don't think that... <laughs> I am 100% not this one. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, we have a treasure hunter. His name is Monster. Uh, Trong, to a certain degree, like some shinies. I think you do occasionally too. I mean, I do too. Yeah. Um, I'm more of like upfront with like, 
hey, can I have this at the start? This would be really cool. Like, can I have a gunblade? Uh, more than I'm like, wait, where's the where's the goodies? I mean, I guess I guess in Ecliptica, um, I was very where are the magic books? I need to learn more spells. I need to learn all the spells. <laughs> True. But yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to have. Once again, that's one of the easily easy ones. Like, oh yeah, they're a treasure hunter. I just need to make sure that A, I don't give them too many items, but I do dangle enough interesting items. Maybe make them have an interesting choice to get the interesting item. Like that's a good way to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, the next one is generally a positive, but not always. Yeah, not always. The comic relief, I think I think they're good, right? They're they they make jokes. Uh they can relieve awkward situations. But man, if you're trying to have like a serious campaign, like RIP a lot of times, you know? Um yeah, it depends. It, it's see, there's a fine line between this and like Agent uh, of Chaos is that like sometimes you'll be trying to do something funny because you want to do the you know the funny quirky thing in a serious campaign and you go a little bit too far and do something that's just like wild and out there but even in a serious game i think you could still play a comic relief character and have it still be okay like if you're in a horror uh setting there's always that character that tries to make light of the situation and makes you know stupid jokes to try and like <laughs> it's not that bad though really is it is it you know and then and then they die and, oh well okay don't play that character um because clearly <laughs> they die <laughs> i'm partially joking well i don't know uh, i mean in movies they generally do <laughs> hey 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 shaggy lived to the end of cabin in the woods i, I yeah i guess that's true um oh spoil spoilers oh i guess i use the actually like, uh nickname. went through all the evil dead that's true yeah it's true spoilers for those franchises that we didn't quite use the characters names but yeah true uh, yeah i guess so i just think like definitely you might want to mention it if you're trying to have more of like a like a spooky or horror campaign like you know try to keep tense moments tense is like a good thing to remind players even if you're another player like gms or players so yeah, just got to try and make sure you don't go overboard with it. If you're comic relief, like understand. And it's perfectly fine to have that play style in almost any any setting, I'd argue. Just be aware when you're being like overbearing with it. Like like learn to be conscious uh, of it because sometimes it's going to be too much and it's like trying to constantly make a joke uh about something that just doesn't land, then yeah. it just becomes annoying at a certain point. You don't want to you don't want to be the annoying character you want to be the comic relief so true yeah yeah i just realized this next one we should probably have at the top but that's okay probably should have uh, yeah the fighter. but <laughs> the fighter loves to fight they want to kill some bitches <laughs> um, uh monster so i mean monster trong m to a certain extent yeah yeah they're easy to write in you just add some combat you just have to be ready to, like, do the combat time sync, which is, you know, plus or minus, depending on the system you're using. Ah, uh, true. And how tough the monster is, or, like, if the monster needs them to figure something out, or whatever. Just do know? mouse guard, and uh, the fights will be over real quick, especially if they're fighting a fox. True. <laughs> or an owl. <laughs> Oof. Have, I, I don't think I've sent an owl against you. No, you have, have not. Okay. No, we'd be fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
for those of you that don't know, in Mouse Guard, uh, most of the things are like like a massive sized enemy is like a moderate threat. Uh, or like, well, no, everything's like a pretty big threat, but that's like not the most threat that you can have. Like there are, you're a mouse, and there are bears uh, in the game. Yeah, yeah. Though Just bears like, usually ignore you. Owls and foxes are probably the worst. They actually eat mice. Um, actually, a hawk would be brutal. Oh God, yeah. Well, so. I mean, an owl's not that different than than a hawk. Because owls are like super quiet when they swoop down, and they're just That's as true. accurate. Just hawks are just like, like you hear the screech, and you're like, oh fuck! Like any moment, like any any of your friends could just be gone. <laughs> yeah, it's like if almost every monster was like a dragon, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you don't have armor. You have swords. No armor. You- can get armor oh, you can it's get armor not as common. oh okay yeah, yeah say it's very armor. rare though i would think there's armor it's just also less useful so ah uh, yeah anyway yeah anyway uh, we weren't talking about mouse card we we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> play styles <laughs> true uh after this we kind of have um more i guess i don't know they're not really play styles they're more of like situations things yeah situations that can happen <laughs> Um, our first one is newbie, and that's just any player who is new and probably is trying to figure out their play style. So this may be a good episode to have them listen to. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if a new player is necessarily going to be able to go through here and be like, oh, this is definitely my play style and, and, and know that's no, what they but, want to play. Cause like, but they can get, they can listen and like try some stuff. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. It's all um, about finding what you enjoy. True, yeah. Because like sometimes you're like, oh, I want to be the the dark brooding character, and you realize like, no, I actually like being the like upfront, um, dealing with the social situations and being the voice of the of the group or whatever instead, while still playing, you know, the shady rogue. <laughs> Fair <laughs> you know, enough. Perhaps who knows? Fair enough. Um, there's also, of course, the uh, the audience member, a uh, person who comes along, shows up, just wants to listen. Uh, is the GM's wife and just wants to play a cat who antagonizes the players, that kind of person. <laughs> no no real examples at all in that list. Uh, <laughs> perfectly normal. <laughs> perfectly, yeah. That's a, that's a perfectly accurate list. The danger there is sometimes they distract, but, you uh, know. I guess. I don't know. Like, uh... I feel like they have to be, if you're an audience person or if you're a GM or a player, you might want to just let them know, like, hey... We might have to like pause if we're having a side conversation so I can like do stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I just mean like, I, I don't know. I mean, I could see it being a problem uh, at times, but in our experience, not, I mean, it's not like your wife has ever played a cat in our games, but I, I never, fa- <laughs> I never found, you know, your wife playing a cat in any of our games to ever be distracting. Cause this didn't actually happen, but never found True. Uh, <laughs> No, it actually happened, I mean, but no, I've never found her to be distracting at all in any of her games. And I don't think anyone else would I've, think that's the I've case definitely, either. I've definitely had to ask a couple of times when she was chatting with uh, M's wife, uh, but you know, it happens. Oh, well, yeah, that's side, that's side banter about like, like it, sometimes out it of character. It happens with regular RPers too, so. Yeah, yeah. That's mostly just like staying on topic and being, you know, not distracted. Um, but I, I guess if you're not a regular at the table... 
then you have less investment. And so it's more interesting to like, I guess like just role play <laughs> when it's not, you know, like relevant to the story. So yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a, you know, danger. However, there is another, the absolute most desired play, oh, yeah. play style. <laughs> the one that I am jealous of my co-host here. Cause our friend Kay is one of these and she plays in his game. Honestly, maybe you just need to invite Kay to your games. <laughs> but then we'll never play. That's the problem. Kay has baby. Kay yeah, is, that's true. Kay is real. Yeah. Um, and that is the note taker or the scribe. Yep. Who who takes notes, even if it's from that just their point of view, it's still valuable. Oh, it's so useful. Yeah. Uh, We're not saying that you have to be this type of person or you should strive to be this person at your table, but from the GM's perspective, it's super helpful because like sometimes you'll forget like, oh man, what did I tell them? Did I reveal this to them yet? I don't remember. And then you, if you have your scribe, they can you know, provide the notes to you so you can look it up and go like, oh yeah, I did talk about that. Or, oh, whoops, I didn't want to spoil that early yet. Good. <laughs> um, or, you know, if you're one of the players at the table, you know, you have that, you know, record of like, oh yeah, it's been like two months since we last played, but this is a good refresher for us to like, get back into the story without having to like like drag our feet like how do i play my character again oh yeah i was an asshole last time that's right yes you were i yeah, mean what? i mean usually i'm an asshole <laughs> <laughs> at, at least, least as of late yeah in character by the way Not in character like yeah, yeah yeah i don't i mean i'm a little bit of an asshole in, in, in person maybe not as much as some other people at the table but yeah it's true you have to compete with me <laughs> <laughs> true true but uh, yeah, uh, we're going to end here with the uh, reminder that every player is a blend as demonstrated by the fact that a bunch of the people we mentioned, we mentioned in multiple categories because like, I, I think it'd be very rare to, for instance, find someone who's only interested in like killing. I mean, I guess the, the one is maybe people who like combat, but then I guess they're just going to play like tabletop, like strategy games, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the people that are mostly into like having the combats in D and D at the table, like e even even they will go towards like the stereotypes or something and do some sort of role play into the aspect. I feel so. Yeah, it's not something that you usually see someone just doing one of these, especially across like multiple uh games and campaigns. Um, they'll either branch into something different or they'll have like a different blend. Um, I actually wanted to ask, like, what would you say, like, your picks for, like, two or three of these that that you are? What do you what do you see yourself as out of these? Ooh, interesting. That's a that's a good question. All right, I would say I had to pick three. I would say instigator, role player, antagonizer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. How about you? Um. Man, I, I feel like while I was looking at this before, I had an idea of this, and now I'm like, God, I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> probably, um, probably optimizer, uh, role player, comic relief. Interesting, optimizer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not optimizer like like monster is, but like when I do build my characters, I like to, my characters to function well. So I do That's do a little bit of like the min maxing in terms of like what would be best, but I, I do prioritize like something that would make sense for my character to have. So if I'm, if I'm making a character that's all about like mechanics, and they don't like magic. I'm not going to give them magic just because 
it would you know make their build so much better than um you know what i could have done just just being a mechanic so like i'll, I'll try and figure things out um like the one goof of that is like your leon leon noir setting and i had a character that was trying to do way too much it can <laughs> that character happen. was not optimized <laughs> can i say can i say also i think you're a little bit of an explorer yeah yeah i, I would say i'm a little bit of an explorer <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah man yeah it's it's, it's hard because like i like we were saying is that it's you know a blend of a you bunch could, of different could, things if you saw yourself in a lot of these things that is not unusual yeah you just got to find yeah. out like what things like you do like to do and then just kind of figure out how you can use it to branch out into new avenues i think it's like one of the main important points of of this uh episode as well is like being able to do something different next time so you can keep things fresh and that way, when you're role playing, you're not feeling like you're playing the same character all the time, because uh, generally, you know, like you might go into a uh, your first D and D game or your first, you know, whatever RPG you're doing, uh, thinking that you're gonna play one specific style, and that's the style you want to play. You're like, oh, I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to be Cloud, so I'm gonna be the, you know, like the the sad backstory, but the badass uh, warrior soldier dude, and you know, that's what I'm gonna be. And then you realize sometimes it's like, okay, I don't want to always play this. I want to play something else. And, you know, just having an idea of like what different options are out there and what you're kind of familiar with and where you sit might give you a better idea of like where you can branch out to and still have some fun. Yeah, very true. It's all about what makes you come alive. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, be sure to play what you love. And until next time, may your characters do something epic in, uh, in multiple styles. In, the in, epic explorer, epic actor, epic antagonizer. Treasure hunter. Ooh, touche. <laughs> I should have gone there. Fuck. I was surprised you didn't go there. It's your favorite I one. I know. <laughs> the story for that, by the way, everyone, is that I love Locke from Final Fantasy VI, and uh, he is accused of being a thief, and he goes, what, me? No, I'm a treasure hunter. And uh, that's just become an inside joke between uh, our, uh, our our group. Yeah, we, so, we all know yeah. that you're not a treasure hunter, Kevin, because uh, obviously you got whipped for actually being a thief. Wait. Oh, God. <laughs> True. <laughs> but I just, I just, you know, borrowed library books without permission. Whipping. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old GMX. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments, questions, interjections, queries, notes, formal challenges, or suppositions, please email us at roimperfection at gmail.com. That's r-o-i-m-p-e-r-f-e-c-t-i-o-n at symbol g-m-a-i-l dot com. Or follow us on Twitter at roimperfection or Instagram search roimperfection. You can also visit our website at roimperfection.com. If you enjoyed our work, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week, everybody.